Hey there, welcome to the video store. My name is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have the greatest job in the world. Because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series all day long and talk about them with my friends that work here. Today on the show, I am doing a shift with Cole. He is my movie buddy and um, long since been my movie buddy. It's always great having that one friend that you know you can phone to go and watch movies with. And when we were housemates, we just uh, sat and watched a lot of movies together in lockdown. Uh, he basically kept me sane during that time. So it's great to chat to him. Um, we got a little personal on this one, which I think is great. It's, it's part of what I think is going to make the video store interesting, is that we are able to talk about these kinds of things in our lives. And uh, it makes for a really interesting discussion. So this is me doing a shift with Cole. Did you see that thing yesterday on the TV? So, how has your week started? Jeez, it's it started now. I consider this the start of the week. Um, last week was insane. I'm really, it really feels to me like the Bioscope has been a car like revving on a particular gear for the last two years since moving to 44 Stanley and surviving the pandemic. Like a little like, like it's going. Where now mm. we, I feel like, with a few months in, with the masks off and the restrictions lifted like it definitely feels like we've shifted gears like we're in another gear now it's really exciting a more comfortable gear which just like, another just faster right oh, you know how in fast and the furious yeah, yeah. they just keep shifting gears just yeah, keep going like faster nine. and faster yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have this <laughs> infinite gearbox <laughs> and know, has anybody ever sort of double checked whether they are accurately i'm sure they are you know i they have to be they have to be i mean it's a 200 million dollar movie there can't be like an infinite amount of gears. I think it's just become a stereotype of the series because you think you hear so many because they're probably cutting between two vehicles there. Maybe they're gearing down. No. Maybe they're gearing down as well. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, we've definitely Vin Dieseled it, shifted down a gear, and we and we're going we're going for it. That's amazing because I remember when we lived together and you we were renovating and moving from Abuneng. And it was exciting and weird and yeah, daunting. And then and suddenly that project had to be halted. For like three to four months. And that's when that's when all the businesses were looking into their back pockets, you know, trying to see how much money they'd saved. Yeah. And it was terrifying. And you had you had done all that prep, boy. You were yeah. ready for it. No, it was and, and one of the most interesting parts when you look back on it is we knew we were gonna move. So we knew mm. that there was gonna be in our head it was like two weeks, maybe, where there was gonna <laughs> not be any cinema. And so we'd set up this Shit. this this benefit ticket, this benefit drive. And also we, we knew we were going to go into this new space and there was going to be an excitement around the new space. So we'd worked out these packages. Yes. We had everything worked out. Everything was ready. The ticket links were made for, for the couple's ticket and the company ticket. And so everything was ready. And then <laughs> fucking started really needing them. Shit. Well, we did okay. We, we had our, our f sort of reserve funds which we always kept which was mm. always able to look after the staff and everything was cool but getting those benefit tickets from people really really helped and it was such an important part of yeah. just getting us over that line that's incredible i'm glad to see things are better now yeah no yeah. and but and now 
I'm sure people can can relate, no matter what your industry is. Now, as things get busier and busier, you just got to make sure you are, are are using your time effectively, use, making the right decisions, because mm. it, you could wobble in these moments when you're mm. too busy. You could go, "Geez, why did I book that for that? Why, mm. why did I agree on that? I could have asked for more, or or one yeah. shouldn't do that on this day." And like, yeah. where before you perhaps took whatever you could get, where now you got to be smarter. So yeah. that's a whole thing. But how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm pretty bleak. I saw on the wall outside of upcoming movies mm-hmm. um, that you're doing cheesy movie night Starship Troopers. Yeah. And I just watched that like two weeks ago on my ace. <laughs> we spoke about it with Graham. Oh, we did. We did speak about no, it. Yeah, I don't know whether you were a part of it. I, I was chatting to Graham about Starship Troopers oh, being crazy. a, a okay. thing. But we might yeah, have yeah. mentioned it before. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to do it. I think it's the perfect movie. because It is the perfect movie. It's um, Because it rides this beautiful line between being like really cheesy so it's a good choice yeah but the cheesiness is where the satire comes into yeah. it and it's super smart yeah and it's incredibly smart and it, and it was completely lost on me like the 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 smartness and the sort of the commentary on fascism mm-hmm. i just was like action bugs and there was a there was a bit of naked naked women at the time yeah, that was yeah. quite exciting for me at the time when it came out i was like, I was like there's, oh, there's yes, boobs you're a bit older than me yeah yeah i was like there's boobs in this yeah it's like <laughs> oh my god they're naked people in this movie. <laughs> it's awesome just they're all showering together the boys and the girls yeah it's an interesting <gasps> thing yeah man. but yeah. also what, there was interesting commentary <laughs> on that how they don't they, they they it's completely desexualized yeah in that scene yes they they don't care and it's not it's not mm, important it's not an issue and it's like that kind of aspect of their it's just an issue for all the thirteen year old boys watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my mates and I we um I think we might have been twelve no no we were, we must have been older like thirteen and I don't know how but we managed to get a copy of from the video store mm-hmm. um get a copy of Starship Troopers two which was yeah. R rated. Okay, I don't remember Starship Troopers 2. Yeah, for good reason. It's yeah. like a bad movie, but yeah. it's a gory movie, it's an excessive movie, and it's a it's a pornographic movie. <laughs> <laughs> Was Basically, it everything you wanted? Yeah, everything you wanted as a 13-year-old boy. Like it's, well, They were clearly it's, were like, this is the formula, let's just keep doing it. No, exactly. We got a hold of this thing and it was explosive. I remember it was the first time we watched something that was like, there was a fully naked person wow. in the frame. It blew our minds. <laughs> it's so crazy how desensitized you become the older you get and you watch like The Matrix <laughs> Reloaded or like that sex scene and things don't matter to you anymore. Right. Uh, the scene with the with the orgasm. The party in Zion, man. Oh, that one. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Morpheus gives that amazing speech. It's definitely yeah. in the top ten movie speeches. Oh yeah. 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 And then I remember that sexing was a big deal because in the news, Carrie Ann Moss said that Keanu Reeves was really bad, which I feel like is not cool. I remember hearing this. That he was bad at what? The the act. But I mean, they wouldn't actually have done the act. That's what I thought. And I, mean, I remember hearing this. They wear little, they wear like little like, nude I think it speedos. Was the physica- I think she might have been talking about the physicality of okay. it, the kissing. Okay. You know? I mean, come on. It's really like people like, have on. said that that's one of the toughest things to shoot. Yeah. Because. Have you seen videos of behind the scenes when they like into like when they're between takes and mm-hmm. like I saw this one video where the, the guy was lying on top of the woman with his arms holding himself up. And they were looking at each other like, hey, how's it going? Cool. Mm. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, it's like the couple in Love Actually. It's so funny how (laughs) they have to to sort of light the scene and sort of gyrate in camera. Um, Oh, no, it's amazing. Interesting. Okay. Uh, 
I've just got um, Disney Plus. Mm. Just finally did it. Okay, awesome. What are you going to watch? Uh, I've started watching the Welcome to Wrexham. Okay. Which is the Ryan Reynolds um, dude from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. How they buy this little down and it's like Welsh soccer team. That's the back of the box. It's a documentary series about the Hollywood stars, Ryan Reynolds and what's his name? McElhenney, Rob McElhenney, and how they... Um, so they actually do it. It's not they actually do it. They no, actually become the owners of this Welsh football team. The stadium that this Welsh football team play in is one of the oldest football stadiums in the, in the world. What? And, they, and they, they buy this team to try and reinvigorate it, give support to the town. But it's interestingly done because they obviously had to choose from a editing standpoint how they were going to introduce this whole idea mm. um and so it just gets started and you're still wondering like why how like why is this happening did yes. you just know that they, they're doing it it's it's going to reveal itself it's it's but it's great they 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 never met each other in real life up until a certain point like they'd already probably bought the team by the time they met each other in real life so it's all going to probably be explained but um Interesting. They basically like liken it to, well, Rob seems to be the driving force behind it. And he um, grew up in Philadelphia, which you know from mm. Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is what he's most famous for being uh, I knew on. it from Hairspray, but oh, it's Baltimore. Oh, my God. That's Sorry. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like, why? Well, I think that was interesting. Um, and and yeah. so he, he sort of likens this little kind of former industrial Welsh town sort of what the sort of feeling of Philadelphia was oh. and sort of how, you know, sport can be just so much more. It can really bring a, 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 a nation together or a town together. It's like a little part of me was like, oh, we won the rugby on Saturday. Yeah. You know? I was like, well, that's going to help South Africa for about a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's going to like make the politics of South Africa just a little bit easier to swallow because we won the rugby. Yeah. It's like, it gives us a week. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> So, no, it seems to be interesting. And then I also want to watch uh, The Last Man on Earth. Okay. Which is which apparently is, like, in, incredible. I it's haven't that heard dude who, about the, it. The guy from, I think he's a SNL dude. He, he's, he was MacGruber. And he's a bunch of, he's quite a character actor. And okay. He's the last man on Earth. Like, literally the last man. And he's driving around and living in people's houses. And, Damn. But apparently it's incredible. So I'm going to get going on It's that. so interesting, you know. like, how we've both gone through that little library of films and series mm. and like I see Ryan Reynolds and I'm like oh, I'm not interested like I've seen like his Netflix movies they just did with um, the Stranger Things director yeah um, Free Guy I can't remember the other one yeah. um, the Adam Project was the Adam Project was another one yeah yeah and then this one I'm kind of just all Ryan Reynolds out at uh, the moment okay. I'm, kind of just, I'm just not keen for this dude um, the last thing I watched there and I don't know if I spoke about this um, here at the video store but it was a series called Dope Sick. Okay. So Dope Sick is about the release of a drug, okay, in the 90s or noughties. I'm not sure. Um, but it was an opioid for okay. pain management. This is a real? Yeah, real story. Okay. 100% real story. Nine parts miniseries with Michael Keaton and Michael Stolberg. Who's Stolberg? <gasps> so Michael Stolberg is basically the best character actor, I think, of our generation. So Call Me By Your Name, he plays Elio's father. And gives him that amazing speech at the end mm -hmm. that every child wants to hear from their dad. 
Okay. Yeah, it's the most beautiful speech in a movie, dude. Ah, oh, little like okay. little monologue that breaks your heart. But then, and he was also in The Shape of Water. I think he was like the informant dude in The Shape of Water that died sometime along the way. Okay. Um, and he's like all these little background characters. Yeah. So, um, have you ever seen a serious man in the Coen Brothers movie? No. Oh, he's the lead actor in that. Okay. Shame, poor guy. <laughs> so when he gets the lead actor, all people are like, oh, I don't know who he is. <laughs> it yeah. makes me laugh. But um, in in this, he plays a member of a family that owns this pharmaceutical company, and they create this drug that they spin this entire lie around, like just straight up a lie, saying that opioids are normally this addictive, this one is not addictive. Trials show that 95% of the time people won't become addicted. So this is a biopic. Yeah. Uh, well, so it's, it's, a yeah. it's a narrative story. About, it's not, it's it's not a reality TV show. It's like nonfiction. It's, oh, it is, a, it is a documentary. So it's not a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the story happened. The story happened. It's an so adaptation it's a, of live events yeah, so inspired bi- by true events. Yeah, biopic. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, because biopics are about people. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think. Biography about an individual. But yeah. Yeah, yeah must be. Yeah. Okay. Um, and but yeah, in my head, it's like it's a retelling, a retelling of true events. Yes. Okay. It does make sense. But okay. in this in this biopic. And where is it on? Uh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. Dope sick. Dope okay. sick. Yeah. And it's about the cast of characters or the people that are influenced by this drug. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's 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 just insane to see this unfold before your eyes. Like the people that need pain management in a mining town where Michael Keaton's a GP. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, cool. This new drug, I've been told it's safe. It's an opioid. I didn't usually subscribe these, pres- prescribe these. Mm. doesn't feel safe. But the sales guy, who's William Poulter, you'll recognize him from The Maze Runner, I think. I don't know. Okay. Like a few of those teen fiction movies. Um, but yeah, it's just about how like communities get devastated by this drug. It starts the opioid epidemic in America. And the... Um, she plays Ahsoka in Star Wars. What's her name? Rosario Dawson. Oh, yes. I like her. She's fucking amazing. Man. I like, oh. I like her. <laughs> Why do you like her? Because I don't know. She's just, she's nice. <laughs> I, <didn't know. laughs> I just like sort of being like, I don't know, like a dad. Yeah, I, totally. like, I, I, I like her. <laughs> um, she's interesting. She's good. I've always thought yeah. she's very attractive. No, incredibly attractive. Yeah. I remember, oh my God, she was in Men in Black 2. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. She played the the I don't know, the, the alien that was like like really important, like a prophecy alien. Okay. Yes. I remember the shot of her mm. getting into the pod at the end and then she started crying and then it started raining inside the pod while she took off because when she cries it rains. Oh wow. It was heartbreaking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember Sorry. much of that. Yeah. But she was in Sin City. Yes. She was very much in Sin City. Yeah. Very memorable. This is quite a. This is turning into a little <laughs> yeah. bit of a pervy episode. Know, let's just but stop this, dude. No, actually, I want to dig in. I want to go a little further. In your, um, <laughs> in your, dig in. If you feel comfortable, yeah. yeah. In your, um, blossoming of sexuality. Oh. Did you did you see a little bit coming for boys when you were a kid when you were young? Mm. Being someone who is bisexual now, yes, yeah, one hundred percent. And did you one hundred percent? Did you did you didn't acknowledge it at all? Didn't <laughs> just put it in I the put shelf. it in a box far away in the back of my mind. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is not not a thing at all. But yeah, like when because you felt that your world is not gonna uh, 
the indoctrination was so deep. Yeah. I had a friend that came out to me as bisexual the other day, a close friend, and did not see that coming either. Like very straight presenting mm. person. And we were talking about the fact that he also just felt like there was such a layer of indoctrination as to what is right, what is normal. Um, yeah. And, you know, being having deviancy so well defined for you by the world. Deviancy? You know? Yeah. Like it's deviant to okay. like yeah, boys yeah. or be attracted yeah. to boys. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a few authority figures in my life. I remember a few times when they'd say to me, those, those boys are sick. There's something wrong with them. Really? Yeah. yeah. A few times that happened wow, to me you, in the you Christian would, community. And you, would, and you would, yeah, you wouldn't think that that would still present itself to, to our age and right. our, our generation. Right. There was still, there was still a bit of that. Uh, also, when I think about it, I think about growing up and sort of saying, like, oh, that's gay. You gay. Yeah. yeah. It still <laughs> like, happens to what me. What does that mean? It it's happened not, to me the other day. It's not a bad thing. You know if, what I mean? It's like, yeah, a friend came a over and said, that's gay about something and it, it always used to happen with the boys as well I always say oh dude that's gay and i said it all the time and then i kind of understand okay gay is an adjective right sure it's an adjective that describes sexuality why are we using that and associating it with something that's shameful yeah because like yeah. it is to be shamed that's how deep it goes right yeah. Um, but yeah, so whenever something popped up in a movie, like a bum cheek or something, I got very excited. <laughs> so, so the Starship Troopers, oh, unisex yes. um, shower scene, yeah. you must have just been like... I was like, this is mind-blowing. <laughs> this is <laughs> There's so much happening here that's making me very excited about this. But also, yeah, it was exactly that kind of scene yeah. where I just get a peek at it and start to like think about it, but then also just not acknowledge what it really meant. And I remember it slowly happened through watching Milk and Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> oh no, man. Sorry to be that cliche. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man. That's a that's a throwback to a, a previous episode and comment. <laughs> it's so wonderful. <laughs> we all know what that sounds like. Um but yeah, when I saw these narratives centered around love, right? And yeah. those movies were about the issue of homosexuality in a straight society. Or like a condemning society, at least. Um, and it was the first time outside of the very strict um, world that I lived in that I saw this glimpse of what was, I guess, like true love. Like it, yeah. it can exist between yeah. men. Love is love. Exactly. It's one of the nicest. And I, I understood that through watching movies. All, yeah. Yeah. And then I actively started to seek out gay movies. Yeah. Um, to try and understand this better. And that's where I think the work of Xavier Dolan was really important because in the movie he explores, in the movie Heartbeats, sorry, okay. he explores a love triangle. Um, it's super artistic. He was kind of like this darling of Cannes Film Festival where he, his first two movies had like 10 minutes standing ovations or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I must say I've I don't know him. Yeah, and um, Heartbeats is the is the yeah. Big it's, one? I think the the big film that he made was called Mummy, and it was in one by one aspect ratio, and okay. it did really really well. It's a square. Yeah, yeah, it's a square exactly. Okay. Instagram aspect ratio. Yeah, and uh, his movies, like that film in particular, Heartbeats, with its love triangle being explored, its protagonist being a, a homosexual man falling in love with the dude, that his a female friend falls in love with as well. Okay. And she's straight, he's gay, the guy in the middle's bi. 
or at least he's kind of giving vibes. Okay. You know? Yeah. He's kind of giving energy. And okay, so it's you, about you the s- trips that they go on together, the friendship that they have. And I watched this and I was just like exploring and identifying so much with this main character yeah. that was attracted to this guy, but he didn't know if he was gay. Yeah. And it wasn't like a conscious feeling that I'd ever had, but it was something bubbling under the surface that I hadn't acknowledged before. And that was in like second year at film school. And then I met a guy and then, yeah. And then you were like, oh, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah, how just, I started to there was a good discover friend, it. Yeah, there was a good friend of mine at Varsity, Rob, who for the first few years I think was the same. He'd sort of grown up in, in Krugersdorp. I really don't want to speak on behalf of him, but mm. I can at least speak on behalf of my friendship to him. Yes. Which was that, um, yeah, there was, he had girlfriends and we were all just running around first year, second year varsity, you know, yeah. living our lives. And then at one point he had a boyfriend and I was like, oh, I hate cool. Tech, dude. And, and was I was like, I didn't, didn't know. And he was sort of the first friend that sort of, I saw that come to me, you know, I right. saw that sort of present itself. Yes. And he just put it so well. He just said, I love people. <laughs> and I was like, that's such yeah. a nice, what a lovely way of looking at things. He's like, he's like, why that's do we, it. he's like, why do we have to give this what a name or whatever? Mm. I just love people. And love I was it. like, that was, it was just so nice that that was my kind of introduction to it. It's the same that's as wonderful. my introduction to, to veganism. It's oh, yeah? also around the same time with these, um, cause there were not a lot of vegans around that time. We're talking like 2005, mm. 2006. And uh, there was American exchange students, and that also just blows your mind. Just, it's just you, you f- learn so much about the world. Where you're like, milk's fine, right? They don't kill the cow, and they're like, let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> they pump them with estrogen. The cows always think they're pregnant. And I was like, oh Jesus, okay, yeah. wow, wild. No, it's it's insane. I what uh, am I? St- oh, sorry, no, I'm we going to interrupt so your story. We went on a we went on a road trip, and all that the one woman could eat in the sort of coast of Durban where these like sort of veggie steers burgers and, um, oh, wow. and peanut butter. So they were not healthy people. <laughs> the irony was that they couldn't really yeah, eat like that I healthy. Think back then, back at least then, not in South Africa yeah. at the time. But, I mean, the, the products necessary to sustain like the nutritional stuff yeah. just weren't available here yet. Because I remember changed. when I was in university in first and second year in 2010, that's when menus started to get, you know, items like a vegan section and, it starts to like infiltrate your world. And you're kind of like, what is this about? Yeah. Yeah. So that was an interesting moment where I was like, milk's fine, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just all their eyes like flare up. I, I have a student that I teach online in my other part-time job because I have one here at the video store. And then, you know, I teach English online as well. Um, and uh, I, I speak to an animal rights activist in Taiwan. Oh, interesting. And she's been talking to me a lot about battery cages. Okay. And um, it's how they do... What's it called, the word that they use? They use like big scale farming um, mm. or, or factory farming. That's the word, factory farming. Yeah. Um, and it's like the system of factory farming where animals are commodified and pretty much become so, uh, not dehumanized, what's the word? Like yeah, no, just maliciously horrible. treated, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was talking to me about, you know, the quality of life these animals have and how it's pretty much been banned in Europe. And now they've gotten rid of um, duck laying egg laying ducks um battery cages in taiwan that's like the that's a win that's the win, She's had a win. now they're tackling chickens yeah that's like a big deal i'll never forget someone explaining to me like you know to have something be prepared kosher you know right the animal has to face a certain direction when it's executed and 
well, and you've got to say a prayer and I'm, I'm butchering it, but there's, you know, there's one or two of these sort of main kind of cultural protocols. Yes. And apparently <laughs> to have these like battery farmed chickens or something, they're in such tight cages, they can't face any other way. So they're all facing the direction that they need to face. Oh, for kosher food. To, to make this thing halal or kosher or whichever one it is. I'm, I really don't want to um, say it wrong, but it was something along those lines. And then the, the, the prayer comes up over the loudspeaker. Oh, no. so it's, like, <laughs> it's horrible. And apparently like the, the Kentucky fried chicken chickens have got these like oversized breasts because they've been yeah. pumped with hormones that apparently these chickens can't even stand. It's horrible. But the bioscope occasionally screens these kinds of documentaries, right. these good cause documentaries, be it like fishing in the oceans. And there was a group that um, hired the bioscope to um, screen a, a documentary called Dominion. I think it's called Dominion. Okay. Something with a D. Dominion. I'll check it out in the ca- in the cash up. Horrific. Just showing you exactly how far it goes with those kind of, you know, that bat- that factory farming. Mm. And every now and again, I had to sort of check on the screen to see where we were in the movie, to see when this event was going to end. And every time I looked, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It's horrible. It's it's wild, dude. It's wild to see that. I remember starting to watch Earthlings, uh, narrated Earthlings? by Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. And Earthlings is a documentary which explores the five ways in which humans have a relationship with animals, uh, at least some kind of functional exchange, right? Okay. It's clothing, food, makeup and testing, uh, I don't know, entertainment. Yeah, like pets or love. Yeah, pets, you know. yeah. yeah. Uh I remember I got through, I think I got through the first one might have been clothing yeah. and I just, fuck, I couldn't, I couldn't care on watching this dude. <laughs> That's wild. It's so hectic. And the, the problem and is the, you know, the people who would seek out these things. So this yes. is the, this was the struggle with the bioscope was to, to make these events work was that the people who would come and watch this are the already converted. Yes. Yes. You know, so maybe exactly. it helped them kind of reaffirm or learn or sort of, exactly. you know, get some bullets in their gun to sort of how they could, mm fight other people but the people who needed to see the stuff will never kind of seek the stuff out no. and and I was, I was talking to the Taiwanese students about this um, and we were talking about the difficulties of campaigning like these animal rights issues because people I think don't want to have their spaces invaded unexpectedly by that imagery so we're talking about whether or not she should put images of animal cruelty on their websites you know while people go in and are browsing as part of like a user experience yeah. thing um, and talking about like if you're suddenly exposed to that, you kind of want to look away. You, you you're not actively seeking out, but I think at least it plants a seed. But I think shock factor is not necessarily the best way to go about that campaigning. It's very interesting because people turn away. Yeah, like I I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah, it's too cruel for me. I just it breaks my heart. Go to KFC, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that is strange. I mean, the one thing I can think is that is that certain farming, certain things. Yeah, you you just you just want those 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 factory things to change. You want those, you want that that demand to decrease. You would want yes. more um, free range chickens and, yeah. and things like that. I don't, it's very hard. I don't want to necessarily. No, exactly. Get a good into it now. a good film to um, segue into here is Okja. Yeah, I was gonna say. Nice. I was gonna say. Great Okja. minds, bro. Oh, uh, such a great movie. That was that was Bong Jong Ho. It was. That was Parasite. The dude who made Parasite. Dude, he is actually quite an incredible director. If you think about the films that he's made, because so, 
Yeah. Well, let's just say Okja is on Netflix. Yeah. It's a Netflix film. It's got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Tilda Swinton, and it's about the quick back of the box on that is that we're in the sort of near future where they've made these experimental um, animals, um, which are basically like very large cows. Uh, like they they're like, sort like of a super hippo. cow. It's hippo like, yeah. yeah, it's almost like almost like a giant hippo. But they've they've made these these five or six around the world, um, and they've put them in farms around the world. And and the plan is to sort of see how these animals live, because they plan to make more of them. And so we follow the young girl who grew up in this beautiful farm. It sort of, it feels like it's in sort of Korea. Mm. It must have been. He's Korean. Yeah. Um, this beautiful sort of foresty farm with this animal she's come to love, which is this like giant hippo thing, the CGI animal. Mm. And then the movie is basically like at the point where the they want to now take the animal back. And she because it of, won. It was like the best. It, it was, was the best. That's right. Yeah, for whatever I was, reason. Uh, I, was, I, I was a good vegetarian for a while after that movie. After that movie. It actually literally did. Did the did, job. It did the job. Unfortunately, it didn't stick. But it, it, it certainly changed. Yeah. I remember it, it shocked a lot of people. Yeah, it humanized it. And I think it, it drew on imagery that we can understand and relate to. And I think that was the thing it did really well. I mean, and we can talk about the ethics of using this imagery because a lot of people say that you can't, but it took Holocaust imagery, oh, right? At the end. And integrated it into the factory farming system and like made those two the same. So it's like, we understand what those death camps looked like in those photos that we've seen, right? In our textbooks. We can see the wire fences, you know, we can see like all of that imagery of people being moved into a building with the chimney and black smoke billowing out of it, you uh, know? Um, see, I didn't even think of it in that term. Yeah. But yeah, I know certainly, it, you know, great movie that's wild Okja Okja and the way um, she like called her (laughs) yeah Okja um a great director in terms of like these really I guess not genre defining but just great examples of whatever like genre they sit inside of so relationship like the boy and his dog kind of movie I think is what you could think of Okja as right okay it's like a similar kind of vibe then you have a monster movie in The Host yes which is his other movie, The yeah. Host. Yeah, no, that's great movie. Uh, another great movie. A family. It's about a family in the midst of their daughter being kidnapped by a giant fish monster that was irradiated and became huge like Godzilla, basically. Um, incredible family movie. Quentin Tarantino says it's one of the best films of the 21st century. The Host. Yeah. Interesting, oh, right? Wild. I didn't know that he actually gave it that praise. We we screened it as an early noodle box cinema. Oh. Uh, we, you know, we've got that... That yeah. sort of that concept of the bioscope. It used to be noodle box, now it's dumpling box. But it's basically our relationship to play cool Asian stuff. Yeah. And um I mean, it's just and, some of the best. And we should probably bring back the host. Mm. It was quite scary. It was quite it was it was yeah, there were moments where it was pretty terrifying. I think yeah. the CG hasn't aged well, just in terms of its textures. I think the animation is amazing. But again, it's not about that. It's like watching Jaws, which is coming to IMAX. Oh. Jaws and ET. Wow. Like 4K remasters or something, or IMAX remasters. One of my favorite oh. moments with Jaws was doing the the Jaws ride at Universal Studios oh, in Osaka. Did that? <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> this like sweet little Japanese lady at the end of the boat. Because at one point in the ride, the the lady on the boat has to sort of fire this sort of fake gun to the water. Okay. Hit this barrel, and then this barrel shoots up, and then the shark comes and like. 
crazy, huh? It was just so great to just have this like little petite Japanese lady. Yeah. She's like shoots into the water and the thing. <laughs> it's like what version of Jaws am I watching? It's so great. That is awesome. And then the, and then when we so I've, I've been cool. there twice. The first time was with the band, and then the second time was showing the X. And so we went on a on a trip around. Universal Studios, and there was a moment where the Universal Studio, the 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 Jaws ride was temporarily closed for like an hour. Something obviously mm-hmm. went wrong or something. It was just so funny having these women, like at the entrance, going, like, "Sorry, like it's closed, like sorry, sorry," and they're like, we're leaning forward, like, like crossing so their apologetic. arms just to sort of say, "Like we're so sorry." Do you like it's fine? I was like, "It's okay, we'll come back." And don't but worry. I was like, "This woman's, it's like this woman's told me my mom's died." She's like, "It's all, it's all." Shame, man. It's a beautiful culture around <laughs> like lovely. politeness and But then I think we went back on it. Yeah. It's so great. It is it is the most exceptional movie. I think that's what the host it's like a good pairing of movies, actually. The it's host a good double Jaws. feature. Because it's a monster mm. movie that's not about the monster. In Jaws, it's about a mayor or a police chief, sorry. A police chief that is afraid of the water and he has to save his town from a man eating shark. And then the midpoints of the movie mm. and do you know what the midpoint is in a movie? Sure. It's it's where the nature of the conflict changes. The conflict hasn't really changed. It's still the same antagonist, right? But something about it changes. I think the midpoint in Jaws is that he goes onto the water. So he's fighting the shark from the land and then he fights the shark from the water. Yeah. Like, for example, in the movie Prey, the midpoint is where before she's fighting the predator by herself or being hunted as prey. Yeah. And then the midpoint is where um, I think Dutch settlers are introduced like some kind of settlers are introduced and they kidnap her suddenly. And it's not the predator hunting her. She's captured by colonialists. It's like okay. the nature of the I conflict see changes. I on is on um, Disney, Disney Plus now. The first yeah. and only, well, the first and only good Predator sequel. Yeah. No, We've it looks so many. really interesting. But so Jaws is about that and Okja is about a family rescuing their daughter from a monster. So it's not about like a monster rampaging. I think I'm giving it a very, very bad summary there. It's been a while since I watched it. And I love Jaws far more. It's like my top three easy. Yeah, I rewatched it with you in lockdown. Yeah, yeah, you did. And there's that great... Oh, that was the day I, think, I broke up with my ex. I remember. Yeah. I said to you, you're like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm sad. It's like, what do you want to do? I said, I want to watch my favorite movie. And you're like, okay, Cole. And that was That means so much to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the subtlety of that. But yeah. That's amazing. And and um, there's that lovely scene with them on the boat where it becomes a great sort of commentary on masculinity right when in jaws oh you're talking about the scenes with the scars yeah, yeah i think so yeah yeah where they're yeah, getting yeah, drunk yeah. on the boat they're getting and drunk like, on the boats and i think you pointed that out to me you were like it's it's quite a important commentary on on masculinity interesting i don't remember this i'm sorry i need to watch it again mm. but it's probably around like how they're showing each other scars around how they've been hunted by sharks and they've more like they've been bitten by sharks, you know, Quint yeah. and, and Richard Dreyfuss's character. But then poor old Brody, Chief Brody, shows his little appendix scar. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing he's got and he hides it away. Yeah. And that's that's probably what it was. It's it's like very much a shame thing. Yeah. Like masculinity is about muchness and showing off, you know, like showing your battle scars. Yeah. And then poor old Brody's there like you know, quietly in the background hiding his appendix scar. <laughs> I'll never forget sort of being in rugby in high school and literally hearing the coach say, glory lasts forever and chicks dig scars. And I remember thinking, 
fuck, this is stupid. <laughs> I was like, I'm so. I was like, it all depends on where your scar is. So where was that? Rugby in was, high school. Yeah. No. Glory like, lasts forever. Glory. Yeah. Oh my god, no, these coaches like, have such a small world, dude. Yeah. Come and on. Chicks dig scars. I was like, mm, it all depends. Yeah, it depends, <laughs> it man. It all depends on what. I don't think on where any, that scar is. I don't think any chick wins Anakin Skywalker after you got burnt to a crisp and. Yeah. You know. No, but it's, no. it's interesting. I'll. I'll yeah, it's interesting when you start thinking back on on how you know, your relationship to masculinity in high school and things like that. I'll also never forget benching for the A team once and just getting a glimpse because I was always a B team dude with rugby. Like okay. we we just had fun. We never took it too seriously. And I once was was on the bench for the A's. And not like I really wanted it to be, but but just just getting a look behind the curtain of how this kind of team operates. Yeah. So funny. There was a point back in the change room where I was like, okay, we're getting ready. And I put on my rugby jersey, looked around. No one else had their rugby jersey on. And I was like, wait, what are we doing? And then I remember hearing the coach, when you put on that jersey, I want you to feel. <laughs> and I was like, Oop. oh, no, it was a ceremony. It was a process. <laughs> there was a whole process. And I'd, I'd skipped it because I'd already put the jersey on. <laughs> I was like, I guess I feel the glory. I guess yeah, I got the- it. I guess I feel the passion. This, this jersey is <laughs> inspiring me. I was like, this is stupid. It's a really beautiful fabric. And the colors are this popping. Dumb. Oh, that is wild. That is ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's so interesting to see how um, at least one can, when you're younger, kind of see through that. Because I, I went to a private school as well. Did you go to a private school? No. Oh, okay. Model C, baby. Oh, hectic. Nice. Branston. But I, I guess like in all of these spaces, there's... <laughs> the only school in Gauteng that when you tell people you went to it, they repeat back the name... Branston. In a dumb voice. <laughs> <laughs> Branston. Yeah. Whenever I go, oh, I went to Branston, they're like, oh, Branston. Branston. <laughs> yeah. Shame. I feel sorry for people that live in Branston, but I actually don't. Um, the, the thing around these schools is that there's some form of like tribalism inside of them, right? Where they're trying to engineer this this kind of group identity, this group think. It's like the in-group and the out-group that they define for you really well. At least, like, my school was really hectic with that stuff. Sorry, what do you mean? It's like you're defining the group, like the rugby team, you know? Okay. And, like, defining your rugby team versus the other rugby team. And I don't know if you had those petty school uh, rivalries. Yeah, there was between, one between Bryanston and Four Ways. There was yeah, a bit of something. It's like, but why does that happen, man? Silly. I suppose it's like it's a sports thing. I'm going to tap out of that conversation for a second because yeah. I, I have zero interest in that. Like for me, whenever I watch a baseball movie, I go, that is the greatest sport ever made. Baseball is great. Baseball movies are amazing. Speaking of which, Amazon Prime, there is the TV show um, about the female baseball players. It is a reboot of the um, Madonna movie. What? And it is now a TV Madonna show. Madonna baseball? Uh, it is called In a League of Their Own. Okay. Okay. I'm sure Madonna was in the movie. Hectic. League no. Of their own. In I a don't know anything about this. League of Their Own. So I'm pretty sure it was a movie in the 80s. And they've now rebooted it as a TV show. It has got the woman from Broad City. Abby. Abby. Okay. Abby. I'm not sure. Um, but it's great. It's set in the sort of 1950s, I want to say. Around the wall, in and around the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's about a female baseball team and sort of how they are trying to sort of be taken seriously, but they kind of still tokenized 
for lack of a better term. Mm. But it's great. And it's interesting because it's set in the 50s. So it's pre-everything, pre-wild. So it's interesting to write for that. And I, and I must say, in the beginning, oh, I was like, yeah. I don't quite know whether I like the writing. Because I think we're quite used to smarter, whippier dialogue. Mm. And then you realize, like, no, things were different back then. They, they, they would have sang that or they would have spoken like that because mm. they're not as kind of sharp yes. in, in terms of, like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it, I think it, it's like it's you're writing for an area like pre Quentin Tarantino. Oh, sorry, yeah, pre Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, it's just in terms of what you're trying to deliver there. It's it's really interesting, period appropriate dialogue. Yeah, and how you make that witty. Yeah, and, and, and fun and engaging. And you got to use yeah you you got to be careful as to sort of what expressions you use and sort of how a mm. how how a woman yeah would would interact at that point with those levels of Right. Yeah. Oh, awesome. One of the coolest things I learned in directing class at film school um, was trying to define the social restrictions on behavior because everyone's got them. There are rules around how you should behave in certain situations, unwritten yeah. rules, rules that you've been taught, right? And thinking about in that kind of setting you're talking about now, what could women talk about? What could women say? Yeah. What could they not say? Yeah, what do they want to express, but they're unable to? And how is that a source of conflict that you're using within your script writing? That sounds interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's very cool. So check that out. You got Amazon here. Yeah? yeah. Prime video. Yeah. Yeah. Check out in the league of their own. Just if anything, also just from a visual like art direction, it's really pretty. Oh, lovely. So it's really like great. a good period piece. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's done well. That's cool. And it's got Nick Offerman in it. Oh, lovely. Always he's, here for he's Nick. He's the coach. Is he the coach? He's the coach. That's a cool... Yeah. I realized the other day... Wait, Nick Offerman is Ron Swanson, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I went blank there for a second. Yeah. How genius it was that Lucy Lawless was his girlfriend in Parks and Rec. Lucy Lawless? Xena Warrior Princess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the but the woman he's actually married to in real life is, is one is one of the exes yeah. that he like couldn't get his it's hands Tammy, on. It's Tammy, Tammy too. Tammy too, yeah. <laughs> And you can see they hammered up, right? Yeah. Not that they're like married and they're comfortable with each other, but yeah. when they're in the same scene. <laughs> yeah, no, it's lovely. They go for it, eh? Yeah. Okay, magic. Um, so I'm going to just get stuck into Disney Plus. Give me yeah. something great. Uh, Dope Six, okay. I kind of okay. been getting into a retro space with it. Oh, the new DuckTales animated series. Yes. Um, well, not DuckTales, a Chippendale. Rescue oh, Rangers. A Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. Yeah, it's amazing. I've started oh, watching watch it. it. Graham. Praised it yeah. uh, last week, and um, or one of the previous weeks. Yeah, um, and it's so good. It's so it's got Andy Samberg. Yes, it's, it's lovely. The voice acting, everything about it, the meta commentary, and the things that they throw in there. There's like a for well, I won't spoil it for people, but there's a, a scene in which the one character goes out into the street and looks at a whole bunch of billboards. Yeah, and there's a specific billboard there that just I, I had to pause the TV because I was laughing so hard. Uh, I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't you? There's no, no, a billboard no. okay, involving magic. a famous actor, actress. Lovely. Okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so the new race, uh, Chippendale Ch Rescue Rangers movie is great. The Ducktales animated series is great because I do like my morning breakfast cereal with animated cartoons. Nice. Like vibe still, it's lovely. You're really good. You're only in your mid thirties. Um, and then. <laughs> What the fuck, Russell? And also, um, Listen, I, I I watched Chippendale this morning while I was eating cereal, and I'm nearly forty. Amazing, we're doing it right. Yeah. Um, and Light and Magic, the series about Industrial Light and Magic, the visual oh, effects yeah. company, five parts docu series, 
And Light if you love magic. movies, okay. it is compulsory watching. It is, God, it's good. Okay. And okay, let's go do that. For me, I'm going to watch In a League of Our Own. In a League of Their Own. Their Own. I think In a League of Their Own. It's a team. Their Own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too. Bye. Bye. All right, uh, that was me chatting to Cole Matthews. My name is Russell Grant. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking around. This is the cash up. So this is the part of the show where at the end of the day, we want to make sure the till balances and count the money before we turn off the lights and go home for the day. The two points to chat about, the one is the documentary that haunted me was called Dominion. I don't know exactly where it is. I haven't been able to see it on any of the platforms we have available to us, but I do recommend you seek it out. It is an important film that we all need to watch. And the other is the Amazon Prime show is called A League of Their Own, not In a League of Their Own. And it is the same title as the 1992 film that starred Madonna and Tom Hanks and... It's just delightful. All right, so uh, we are the videostore.co.za. If you don't know, please share that and tell all your friends. And we are growing a community over on Instagram. We are the video store pod. And get in touch on Facebook. We are facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the video store. Let us know if there is a trailer or something that we uh, need to be chatting about or something that you're excited about. Uh, chime in and it'd be great to get to know you and great to uh, chat more on those platforms. Thank you very much and we will see you soon.